Alright guys, welcome back to the next episode of Primal Alchemy's Red Pill Initiation Hour, here with your host, Chris Story. As always guys, a few things to touch base on before we start today's episode, is that I've actually had a lot of good feedback from the last episode, um, episode 21 with Brian Sanders, and yeah, you guys really seem to warm to Brian and his information that he gave out. And I'm glad you enjoyed it because I was looking to get a guest on that was able to explore those sort of ideas in a real non-ideological, non-dogmatic way. And yeah, we really nailed it. And I'm glad you guys loved it. Again, could you please drop me a review on iTunes? It really does mean a lot if you can just give me a rating, leave me a review, whatever you can. But iTunes is the one. I mean, I also don't mind if you drop me a message on Instagram, Facebook, whatever medium you want to communicate with me with. But the iTunes is the one that allows me to be able to broaden my search result of the Red Pill Initiation Hour when people are looking for it. So yeah, and as always, guys, you get a massive thank you from myself, which is a 10% exclusive discount code. That is the code REDPILL. That's the code REDPILL. That when used on primalalchemy.co.uk, you'll get 10% off anything within your shopping basket at the time of purchase. So again, guys, as always, this is a perfect opportunity to jump aboard the hype train and see what Vitruvian Protein is all about. And I keep saying it all the time, but I'm going to keep keep saying it. It is the only organic, keto, paleo-certified protein super powder in the world. I source all the ingredients myself. It's full of adaptogens, nootropics, prebiotics, real high vibrational superfoods that are just going to take you to the next level. And there's nothing else like it on the market. And I created it with with my heart with my heart guys to be the best pound for pound health supplement in the world and this is just the beginning i've got plenty more products that are planned to be released this year we've also got the ancestral potential coaching plans that are now available on the primal alchemy website so if you're looking for a fitness plan a nutrition plan if you want to know about my personal enlightened biohacking tutoring that's all on there for you to check out so yes, 10% off if you use the code REDPILL on any of those services or the product Vitruvian Protein. So now moving on to today's episode, the guest is Mr. Eero Westerberg. Uh, Eero is a Finnish online PT health coach kind of hybrid. Um, some of you may know him off his channel Valva Fitness on YouTube, which he has got quite the following. And if you haven't looked it up, I suggest you do because Eero is a fucking beast. And yeah, I've, I've, I got his program way back in the day, a few years ago when he was really starting off as he just intrigued me. He combines a lot of different methodologies and philosophies of training and his programs had advanced throughout the years and it's been great to see and witness. And yeah, I reached out to him a few years ago and we've just kept in contact since. He's been on his own little adventure around the world over the past few years, and he's really uh, walking the walk when it comes to learning from masters within certain fields of health, nutrition, vitality, well-being, um, different forms of martial arts, 
the whole Shazam with Eero and it's great it's great to have someone like that in your contact list because he is wealth of knowledge always got a good story to tell and I caught him just as he's returned from his most recent journey around Southeast Asia and yeah really like this podcast we talk about a lot of different shit concerning our both of our philosophies of training we we break down Eero's journey throughout Southeast Asia and what he experienced and what he learned along the way training with different masters within functional fitness within the self-help um world yeah loads of uh loads of interesting pointers brought up and i think you're really going to enjoy this one Eero is isn't one for that you would see on many podcasts but yeah i managed to get him on and pick his brains and hopefully you guys appreciate it and enjoy it so uh yeah let's let's jump straight on into it you know the deal by now morpheus tell these fools what's up you take the blue pill the story ends you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe you take the red pill you stay in wonderland and i show you how deep the rabbit hole goes as above so below what lies without resides within time for growth to begin Mental, physical, and spiritual We find balance with all three As we focus on totality The whole, not the half This is for those on a spiritual path Looking for the clues to the answers of life But the truth ain't always nice So leave your ego at the door Let your inner lion roar And your spirit soar As we go deep down to the molecular level Tap into the body with some yogic breath Throw in some calisthenics for a true strength test Like the shamans of old We use the nature to heal With a little bit of DMT to reveal This whole life journey is a little surreal And your mind needs a leader Not a follower in life Let your mind be the master And you pay a hefty price This next 60 minutes is about self mastery it's not an easy path and it's a lifelong journey but we up to empower with this red pill initiation hour with this red pill initiation hour brought to you by Prima Okami The Matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth Oh Shit, and we're live. Alright guys, episode 22 of the Red Pill Initiation Hour, and today, as always, you're in for a treat. Got a complete stud on on today's episode. Love this guy. I've uh, I've been on his own YouTube channel, had a little interview with him where he was, uh, where we were going back and forth, and I've I've been waiting for him for the past few months to get him on. He's been on his own little adventure, which uh, he's going to share with us. So I want to give a massive warm welcome to Mr. Ira Westerberg. How's it going, buddy? Great to have you on and great to hear from you again. It's going great, man. Thanks thanks for having me. Actually, this is like the, my first podcast, so I'm very excited. A bit nervous, actually. I don't know why, but it feels No, pre- no pressure, man. Yeah. Yeah, so Ira, if you wouldn't mind, mate, for everyone that's not uh, familiar with who you are and your work, mm-hmm. if you could give us a little bit of a rundown about how you've got to where you are today, because it is quite the journey, quite the adventure. Obviously, me and you have traded back and forth for the past few months, so I've, yeah. I've been able to sort of watch your progression. And that was before you even, I mean, sorry, that was after you even become who I looked up to in the first place, because... 
yeah, we're we're getting into this era, man. Let's just yeah. let's start. Just yeah, the crazy thing when we talk about just like we we had the the interview like a, just some months ago, and and so much has happened between the time. It's because of the little trip that I made after the of the Melbourne. But yeah, like to well, maybe where to start is just go all the way back to Finland. You know, mm-hmm. I, for those who don't know, I'm I'm from Finland. Uh, lived there, you know, like twenty four years before I started the travels. So um, I'm now a, I'm now a personal trainer. I'm a coach. My basically my profession is to help people to not only just get you know strong, get but but really find get healthy, get in tune with their body. I think that's one of the major things that I always emphasize in my training is this sort of awareness with your body and not just uh, not just to to maybe look good or have this physical strength, but also something something a bit deeper but so this is where i'm now and the journey here started like as a kid you know i did some i wasn't super enthusiastic enthusiastic about sports as a kid i did a little bit of football i did uh, some track and field some swimming i did all these things but i never found really the thing that i wanted to actually go and do seriously so i at teenage years then i tried tag wondo which i then did like for years so taekwondo is this korean martial arts a lot of kicking and stuff and i really enjoyed it again uh, it's kind of just after four years for some reason it just left left out and for a time being there i was doing actually a lot of calisthenics so now this was the time because i i had always i, I did enjoy training and i was really into for example at this time i was like jackie jan the bruce lee i had a book of bruce lee i had bought nunchakus and ton was like weapons. So I had this interest in like fighting and combat sports. And, you know, I was watching like these highlight videos of Mike Tyson. And, and I had this thing for movement and, and martial arts during the time for, for I don't know what reason really. But it made such a great feeling in my body when I was trying to imitate like these flows that I see in the movies. And so I did a lot of bodyweight stuff. And with my friend just on the parks, human flags, muscle ups chin up so this was my training during that time like before 20 but then i and i had no plans of really becoming professional in training at all i never had i was never a professional athlete i didn't compete but then i went to university and now i'm starting to get more and more actually serious about training and about health as well because uh, actually during my teenage years i got really into nutrition i had some uh, skin issues that really bothered me a lot and i for some reason, I just figured at one point maybe it has something to do with, with like how I eat. So I had already like done a lot of research on, on eating. Initially, I didn't do all the right things, but I was like really into it. And so now I had this interest in nutrition and health. And at the university then around 20, I, I also got more into training as well. And I did capoeira for two years. I did some Thai boxing. I did you know, the stuff of movement training. And and then it came to, so it became kind of more and more clear. I was studying geography at the time. It became more and more clear that this is, the geography is not really the thing. I'm more into training and more into health because I'm, I'm spending all my free time to that actually. And, and just studying like strength and conditioning. So it was weird that I'm studying this completely other thing in the school Whereas my actual interests are something completely else. Mm. 
but so then uh, there was like this period when I then stopped capoeira and this martial arts I move on to more like bodybuilding and actually weightlifting and like strongman training uh powerlifting type of training and which we started to it was great at that point I really wanted to get a good body aesthetic body I started to actually look up more bodybuilders at this point which is a weird change but for some reason it just came to me but also there was it, it was a little bit problematic because I've had like actually since teenagers as well I had these flare-ups of back pain that were really bad they didn't come that often but it flared up and now that I started to lift weights really seriously and heavy weights and I was tr- really obsessing about it it started to like really be taxing on my body there were certain issues there underlying that you know with the knowledge that I had then I had no idea I did I had no like connection to real the body and so my body started to break in in many areas and especially the lower back and the hip and due to this I started to this was this is the turning point like this is what I the problems that I got were sort of one of the most important things that ever happened to me because they led me to then on a road that it eventually actually is the reason why I'm here and why I'm able to help people now because I had to uh, deal with these these problems that I had myself. So I started to change my approach in training. I started to do much more into a bit softer styles like mobility training. I, I actually got more and more into movement training now and I started to uh, go more to this sort of natural type of movements that will I don't like to always the word natural word natural, but still something that's very fluid, mobile, it's free, and it's it doesn't involve forcing uh some certain things. And it's just was much more listening to the body. I, I did a huge amount of research at this point. Like I I can remember these nights, like midnight. I'm just trying to learn my body. I'm I'm still reading a lot of stuff, but I also I'm testing so many different things every single day. With my body, some exercises. Uh, I do foam rolling. I test flexibility exercises uh, like band distracted stretching, all these different mobility methods, and and just learning these things. So, um, where I go here is that because my friend Samoli, you probably, if you follow my channel of Fitness, then you probably met him. We did an interview with him as well. He's the co founder of Wap Fitness. A uh, very old friend for me. We've met while studying geography. He's also been trained. He's very actually uh, serious about training as well. He's been doing it like a decade. We both have. And we just, he just kind of like this idea that we have so much knowledge at this point And there's so much to give that, you know, we should maybe start like a, like a channel, a YouTube channel, like we then did. And let's just start giving our, and sharing these things that we know. And that's kind of which led us to really this beginning of Vava Fitness. So we started channel, website, started to produce articles, just free information as much as we could on these things that we thought would help, be really helpful. And people, it was surprising how, how much people actually got into it. They really enjoyed, like almost since from the very, very start, uh, and especially like the movement video that we put early on that became incredibly popular. And it was good to notice this because now we also, there was a demand for also people start to ask, hey, could you do some videos where you actually show tutorials for these movements? And there starts to be more and more questions 
about different things on training. And it's kind of by this demand, we started to think of, you know, we, we're not just going to give you this sort of a, just this one tutorial for how to do it. We're going to make a whole system. So we built at the, our first training program is the Movement 20XX. Uh, and this was kind of the culmination of everything, all the knowledge so far that we've learned uh, over these years. So something that it contains the movement, movement training, but not only that, you don't, all, all, you don't only get these sort of animal movements and from martial arts, dance, sports and what whatnot. You would, would also get this complete system for mobility, flexibility and strength with it. So this was the first sort of uh, big thing, big project that we had there before we moved abroad, because we did the movement twin exit before we moved to, to Croatia. So now we come to the point where uh, we then uh, started our our journey. <laughs> that, uh, basically, we, we just wanted to see actually like the, we felt that there was something something that we can only just find out by by traveling something has to happen like really big change in the in the surroundings in the circumstances where we are so that also our training uh, jumps forward as well and we thought that there's a lot of things also like teachers and and people and resources uh, abroad that we just couldn't access from finland and so we we went to croatia the, although croatia there wasn't we had a friend there and it seemed like it's a good place to start it's pretty pretty close and just nice to spend some time there. And we did train there. We continued like similar way, just grinding out. This was also so such an intense period of of taking our method further. We started getting into the athletic training more and more, and and a little like harder style of training in some ways. Again, going back because movement twenty XS was was this point where we restored something something natural, something very free uh, uh, potential in our body through these natural movements and, and gaining this state of limberness and not having any more pains. That was the major thing. Just, just cure those uh, pains and aches and injuries that we had in the body. And when that happens, we were able to then, with this new knowledge in, that we had about the body, we were able to um, start developing these new methods. So Croatia, we really spent most of our time for the athletic training and then it was time to move. After a year, we went to Malaysia for just a quick stop there for like two months. Um, Singapore, it was it was good. I'd never been to Asia, so it was a wonderful experience. Actually, I said weird, exotic feeling there. I enjoyed. And the main destination was Australia, Melbourne. So we went there because first of all, it's it's we could go there for like one year. We usually want to spend like a bit longer time. That was one of the reasons. But we also knew that there's there, especially in Melbourne, because it's like a big, big, huge city. So there's a lot of possibilities there. For example, the, there um, we attended these martial arts seminars. We'll talk about those a bit later. But we went to Melbourne. And during this time, from the very start of the year, we started to develop our the next training program, the Athlete Twin XX. So this was now a combination of, of all the training in Finland and all the training in Croatia, which was now the athletic training styles. So everything we've learned so far, we put together into this absolutely massive system, Athlete 20XX, which now combined all that, all the things that we have taken even further by developing the universal strength, universal performance. And we put to it this sort of principles 
of training that we have come up with and, and through just through experience, through coaching other people and through just training and, and learning also from, from other teachers as well. And Melbourne then, so just like to say like this, this whole trip, you know, had, had been really about this gathering knowledge and experience mostly. And it, di- it didn't change really. This was the sort of, a, how do you say, like this, that carried through the whole trips, just trying to learn and work and, and go for it because it, it's a passion. And, and me and Samuli are like this craftsmen. And I think that's sometimes missing from certain fitness people is that they're not really trying to take the method further. But we had this, this like this thing, this energy that just keep going and trying to improve. And uh, Melbourne, so we also learned in Melbourne a lot of softer styles. So we really learned from many teachers. We did Tai Chi, we did uh, dancing. I did the ballet, for example, which was actually amazing. We learned these sort of more softer principles, which were, because our training was already pretty detailed. But after ballet, after Qigong, it all it went to like in the in, all the way to our fingers and to our toes and to how we breathe. How what's the how do we keep your how do you keep your mouth? How is your tongue in your mouth? It's it's like it went so detailed in every thing in your posture and the control. So this was one of the big things, and also it, it taught us certain things about tempo and isometric training, for example. <clears throat> and at this point, we started to do actually more like this sort of exercises that were light in intensity, but very long in duration. We learned new methods through just experimenting and learning from these other masters there. The martial arts seminars, we like, for example, the George St. Pierre, we attended there, and also Michael J. White. And this was great because we knew we already wanted to get to the MMA and, and actually fighting. So... They gave us great insight about certain, for example, George St. Pierre, like how, just how important really is the basics when you learn, even in fighting, the same thing in training as well, strength training, whatever, in fighting as well, you just learn and know the basics super really well, you grind those out and usually that, that gives you the edge that you can win these competitions. And, but so this was the Melbourne and, and crazy, this was like the, the, the bulk of our trip. So now we come to this very intense traveling period where we started we first went to taiwan and because we have we knew there was a a kung fu master there monkey kung fu master by the way who was pretty special had some some very special skills had gone gone kind of to the extremes in external heart and bone kung fu kung fu i'm not sure if you saw that episode uh yeah I, i did watch it man yeah but yeah, he's, he's kind of this very extreme, like harding his uh, limbs as weapons. But not only that, he also has such a deep understanding of also internal Kung Fu, Qigong, and Tai Chi, and all these different things. And we thought that this would be a great, great for us because we, first of all, it is practical for us to harden places, especially the uh, the shin bones for just the, the MMA because we're gonna we're going to fight in MMA. So having this hardening experience. But I didn't, so the biggest surprise wasn't actually the Harding, but actually how good the internal Kung Fu was. Because in a very short period of time, uh, from the internal Kung Fu, I already learned so much to, so much things that I could apply in my own training help uh, and help my my clients as well. There was a lot of good methods in it. And we also noticed how much we, there's similarities in our approach 
to these thousand uh, years old arts in Chinese Kung Fu, the internal training. So this was a, uh, the kind of thing there. And where would we... Yeah, we went to Japan to visit, you know, the, the grave of the Miyamoto Mushashi, this great samurai. Um, something just to pay respect, because we read his, uh, his this book, and it seemed... It seemed that it had it had a great impact in like in a philosophical way in somehow the certain practicality and and courage that that man has. We just wanted to go there, see the place, and it was absolutely amazing. Again, uh, just had no like expectation from the countryside of Japan. I had no idea about it, but it was super beautiful, and I couldn't have spent there like a whole week, probably cycling around. So after that, we went to Kazakhstan. Which is uh, this uh, in Central Asia country? A uh, lot of mountains there, some snow. It was pretty cold already. Uh, people are I don't know how to how to explain it. There's when I first went there, I felt because I mean Melbourne people are completely opposite to Finnish people. They're very social, talk a lot, you know, small talk. Finnish people don't you know they're usually a bit more colder, like in 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 sort of appearance. And I think like Kazakhstan people also felt a bit uh, closer to this sort of mentality of the Finnish. But it really it was great to experience it because there's so many of these countries that we've been ha- have so much of this sort of Western influence. Kazakhstan is really its own kind of unique vibe and still very, uh, very unique. The whole whole thing uh, it's hard to even explain. You just kind of gotta experience it and go there. But a great great place. I really enjoyed there. And then we went to where would do it was Israel, yeah Israel. Israel, we're really interested in seeing this, these old places, this birth, birthplace of Christianity, and just this, this sort of the this really old historical places and see like where did this everything sort of start according to like the the Bible or what are these sort of places where the this whole thing started. And it was cool to see it. And also just because you heard all, all, always about this area and the news uh, about the Palestinians, about the Israelites, uh, and, and just to see what is the dynamic there in place was, was really cool. But from there, we then went to, to Greece and we wanted to visit the Sparta. <laughs> it sounded like a pretty good idea because we also, I think we take some, some inspiration as well from the Spartans uh, about the courage, about just facing the death and things like this. So visiting this, there the old ruins there was just a fantastic to to get to experience it there and imagine like how how re, how it really was to to live live on those times. And we then went to Germany to attend the seminar of Steve Maxwell, and this was. Uh, this is really good because Steve Maxwell is someone who we who who we look up to quite a lot. His methods, he has a. It was actually the best thing about it was because he has been into training on in like fitness for like fifty years or something, and like we, me and Samuel, like we've been you know doing about a decade. But so he has a he has this approach and and view that is so such a long term view on things, and and knows how what is really sustainable in training. And something that it just only comes through time. 
And it actually reinforced many of the training principles that we already do, like about the health, about slow tempo training. And we also, this, this took our breathing, for example, the next level, because the seminar of Steve Maxwell was, was all about breathing and performance for martial artists. Artist. And I interviewed him as well afterwards. So we had a good talk about those things, about how much, you know, the, the, it really is a problem, like the insecurity and fear that drives some people's training altogether. And it usually destroys the body in the long term. But so this was uh, uh, Germany. And we then went to just to Estonia for a couple of weeks just to kind of settle down, get ready to get back to <laughs> back to Finland. And so here we are now. I came back to Finland and this is my, it's, I'm, it's actually bad because I, I wish there would have been a video just because I wanted to show like the, the stuff that I have here. We've decorated this new home. Uh, we call it the war room. It's like a new headquarters here in Finland. We're planning to stay here now. Uh, we're not planning to travel like anytime soon. So year over, probably over a year that we're going to spend now in Finland. After that, we are going to travel still. We're actually going to go back to Taiwan probably probably to learn from the Kung Fu Master. We're also going to go to uh, to the U.S. to learn MMA training. But, yeah, that was a pretty long story. <laughs> uh, that was good, man. It's, it's needed. And it was uh, – I've obviously been following you for quite a while. And it's – yeah, I've seen you – I've seen how you've progressed and sort of evolved and gone through your own sort of character metamorphosis of – just becoming a more complete full spectrum human being, man. And it's great. It's so motivating. And like, just to give a bit of a background of how I actually came about you as well, yeah. for everyone that's listening, I always, rem I always remember it's, um, cause I, I, I caught you when you were in back when you originally, when you were in Finland and you started releasing the videos Yeah, and I was just fascinated by everything you were doing with like your lizard crawls, your bear crawls, or like you said, with the caparella, just all these different sort of movement, uh, these different method methodologies of movement. And I was like, fuck, I was like, this guy's on some next level. And as well as the calisthenics that you were doing as well, I was like, yeah, man, this, like you were so mobile, so strong. And I was like, yeah, I need to get in on this. So I, I was, I remember showing my brother, uh, your page, um, me and him just went back and forth with each other, like trying shit out and, like yeah really love it and then i got in contact with you yeah and i remember i remember texting my brother like yo i've i fucking talked to Eero the other day and he's like and he responded and he was like no way and i was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna uh i'm gonna get him to try out my product i'm gonna get him a, a proper talk with him i'm gonna get this movement 20xx program on the go and yeah so i, I got your uh your movement 20xx program and went through that and if i still use a lot of the movements today dude it's like uh, obviously i've kind of deviated off it a little bit but some of the core foundational movements are still an integral part of my own training program and i um yeah i couldn't say anything couldn't say anything better about it so it's it's amazing so for anyone that's listening obviously era does have a few more programs out now like you've got you've got the movement 20xx program you've got the athlete 20xx program and the abs 20xx program uh but yeah check them out guys because it really it really is good it's like it's for building like a functional holistic um performance-based physique it's uh it's a hard one to match and 
Yeah, I just wanted to go back on a few of the things you were saying here. There's so many points that we can uh, we can touch base on. Sure, yeah, and you were thanks, for, thanks for mentioning the the products. They're really uh, the programs. Uh, really yeah, pretty, pretty good. Sure, like them. No problem. And it's uh, just going back to what you were saying as well about how when you first started getting into training, you and obviously you had the uh, the resurgence of your back issues, your problems, which a lot of people can sort of almost fall victim to. But in life, it's almost as, it's almost as if like when we're presented with these problems, they're not really problems. They are opportunities yeah. to overcome by yourself. And through that, you begin to, you get new doors open to you that lead to paths for more personal progression. And it's, uh, it's in it's it's interesting to see because that's something that I've experienced myself. It's like you get presented with issues and problems, which if you have the right mind frame about um, sort of dealing with that issue, then it really does open up loads of new possibilities to you. Like it branches off through many different ways of self improvement and uh, yeah, it's interesting you brought it up, man, because it's a recurring theme that I see throughout most people that I come in contact with that are doing something with their life, that are making something of themselves, they, they all like start a, off. Yeah. Ad, yeah. Adversity or, or some, some challenge that really made mm, you who yeah. you are. Yeah. And that's, that's what I always say is that adversity is like steroids for spiritual growth <laughs> for character growth. It's because otherwise, if you don't, if you don't face any adversity, it's like, how do you know who you really are? You only know who you really are when you're confronted with something that is going to push you to your limits. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because, see, the, yeah, the, it's so important. Like, what is your approach to these dif- difficulties? How do you react in your mind? Because uh, I, I wasn't always really actually good, uh, you know, with it. When I had faced the problems first, it was, uh, it was very uncomfortable. I was like, I, I shouldn't be experiencing this. Why? why why do I need to go through this? You know, I, I didn't, I wasn't positive about it at all. Nowadays, you know, and, and what I learned was the, the, then the better approach, which was very positive and it was almost like every time there was something was like, yeah, I just need to learn something. And when I learn something, it's, it's useful. I can actually help other people through by learning it. And it's crazy how much it can change by just the, how do you see it? What's your attitude towards these things? I think many people have a huge problem with, adversity with failing uh, which which is not a good thing you know yeah and it's not even so much about the failure either it's about the attempt to overcome adversity and if you fail then you've learned a lesson to redo it again and if you pass then you've leveled up and you've 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 uh you've got something that you at least you know you can fall back on which is very interesting why you're when you're saying that you do your mma man mm. like that is one of the most uh that is almost one of the biggest forms of adversity that you can face in terms of a physical, oh, yeah. physical adversity, because it's either, ah, oh, yeah, it's, it's either going to go one way and you get your hand raised or the other way. And you're going to be uh, wake waking up on the canvas. Oh, yeah. Like, fuck what happened? It's so and, thrilling. Yeah. It's so thrilling to, to, to do something. That's one of the things where I, I mentioned like this sort of, which is very, um, I don't know. It sounds just like face death or something like that. But but the fact that you're facing death and you can go to these situations where it's really literally like you, you know, there's 
you can you can lose and you can bad things can absolutely happen there's a lot of danger to it as well but to mm-hmm. for me something this this is very thrilling because i haven't done and i haven't really competed in anything like this before so getting there facing the challenge and already like from the experience that i've gone through in the training it's been challenging like it really puts you like physically and mentally like both into these places but i think uh, just through my own training, I've, I've learned so much mental tools to deal with this kind of thing. So it's not it's not too bad. That's why I I like that. I, even though I started MMA in, in a relatively like old age, it that, like there's still a lot of like mental and physical background that I can use use there already. Yeah, for sure. And something that I really do admire in yourself, mate, is uh, is that you are similar to me in that we're both truth seekers yeah. and what truth seekers are is that they they actively seek masters mentors people that have walked the path and have the experience to pass down to the next generation so like you said when you went off to find um the um the monkey kung fu master you went and seen steve maxwell which is like a legend within the fitness world michael j white i fucking love michael j white man not many people know about him but if you watch any of his films he is fucking insane yes so such a good dude man too like it's it's amazing like i i was so he was so down to earth really like i was surprised and very positive like um image that i got from him wonderful dude yeah he he's like the definition of someone who is zen as fuck but would not would not hesitate to decapitate you with like a spinning heel kick to the chin oh, if yeah. you uh if you get out of line he's yeah i love his films and it's great that you went and seen gsp as well man what what was that experience like meeting george i don't know it was it was funny like uh, the guy has a pretty pretty enthusiastic enthusiastic uh, spirit he seems like how would i say he was so he's so knowledgeable about like the MMA, and you can really tell why he was so good. Because there's something about his strategy and the way he thinks about fighting that is just like it's it's not what you find with like I think with most MMA people. And I think it also many many started to actually try to emulate his ways as well. But like a just just amazingly devoted for fighting and just the way his brain works. And, and thinks about those fights. That was probably the most biggest things, things that I learned. And as I mentioned, like the how he emphasizes really the basic stuff and the fainting and the setups and all these things. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Yeah, he almost creates it as like it's an art form, right? It's yeah. it's it's more so than well. That's again, it's it's in the word martial arts. Yep. It's it's a form of art, but you're using your body in order to paint the picture in live action, and it just so happens that it's uh, it's yeah, it's a it's a warrior art, which is interesting relating back to what you said when you went to Japan and you went to the Miyamoto Miyamoto Musashi's temple. Yeah. So have you read the Book of Five Rings? I, I read the book. Yeah. Yeah, like I've 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 read that back when I was at university and find it very fascinating. I went through a stage in my life where I was very um interested in Bushido and Shogun philosophy oh. and I'd read all of these sort of um yeah, all of these tales of the ancient samurai duels and yeah, obviously Musashi was the main badass of his age yeah. and yeah, he has a he has some very interesting insights on 
it was just insights and philosophy on the warrior spirit. On yeah, and I was always like intrigued, like just by how practically it is. Like there isn't, you know, a sort of what you would think of philosophy, like this really, I don't know, like like um, just weird, weird, weird stuff you might think. But his thing is really, it's very straightforward. He just explains, for example, the things that he does in fighting, the way he actually wins the fights, and it's 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 a bit different, like. Which would what you would expect maybe from a philosophical standpoint, but I mean that is the philosophy basically what he has, which is like winning in a very 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 straightforward way. <laughs> yeah, he, he's on. he's very uh, like you said very forward with his with his words, and he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't uh, shroud his knowledge in any sort of esoteric oh, yeah. uh, like wording. It's literally like straight up like. Yeah, interesting, man. Um, I wouldn't mind if you could sort of kind of it's a bit of a tangent this, mate, but I think for the people that are listening, it's uh it'd be good for them because it is kind of your bread and butter. If you could sort of break down your philosophy on your you could either go for movement twenty XX, but I know that you've got the new and improved athlete twenty XX. If you could just break that down into more detail of why you made it the way you made it and some of the exercises that are in there people for people that are listening to this for the first time like what are your main sort of go-to movement go-to exercises to increase your sort of over overall sort of strength flexibility mobility power speed and all of that all of the sort of foundations of physical performance let let, let me see i'll try to put it pretty very simply the first because there's there's kind of three things that have gone that we talk about like as our values which is health we have posture we have performance those are the three things health posture performance really and it's it's on those simple things that everything that we do kind of now lies upon so you could see it, it on like surface level they look something exercise might look might look very different some methods that we use is very different but there's always still these three things uh, carry on there the other thing that comes that is very unique in our pro- approach why we created these programs the way we did is the quality in training so we realized that the quality is probably the, the most important thing that when you when you have a certain training quality which is based on actually mind muscle connection it's based on mindfulness and awareness of the body well, in that case, all these things that I mentioned, the health, posture, performance, come from that quality training. So we emphasize uh, this this type of method instead of instead of emphasizing repetitions, instead of emphasizing weights, uh, number of weights, or instead of emphasizing also, which is very popular, our calisthenics certain skills like you should get a front lever, you should get a handstand. So we don't, we're not focusing on the numbers, which is reps, weights, or skill progression. We focus purely on the body, purely on the qualitative training. This is, I would say, is the main uh, philosophy that we have, because by focusing on this qualitative training, you will get pretty much the best, you will get the best result in the long term as well. You can use a lot of sort of, sort of things you can gain good progress by just focusing on lifting heavy you can gain certain amount of strength and and impressive impressive stuff by focusing on these progressions but it usually takes something away in the long term and your body will come immensely imbalanced because we are our core values to health so we always want to make sure that what we do 
does not break you in the long term, but actually makes you stronger. And proper strength training should always basically prevent injuries and even fix them. So uh, this is this is what both of these training programs are kind of liable. But the difference there's a huge difference between movement twin XX and elite twin X though. So movement twin XX is more about, as I said, this sort of very limber state. And you learn to move freely and you develop your body through moving. So when you're doing, uh, let's say, a bear walk, you do a bear walk, which is a great movement. You ask about some good movements. These are really basic stuff. The bear walk, monkey, the sideways monkey walk, grab walk. You can, if you search those, you can find from my channel, YouTube, many examples of those basic movements that you can start with that are really great. And when you do those movements, you don't have to necessarily focus on you're not focusing on any specific thing. You're not focusing on, well, let, I, I want, I'm not going to develop my hamstring flexibility or I will not do my coursing. No, you do those movements, you enjoy your training, and through doing those, you're actually developing so many things in your body. Also, coordination, uh, spatial awareness, ex- expression. This is something that I emphasize in movement training. Expression, free expression is so important. Uh, but if you compare to athlete 20XX, we don't, Movements are not the main thing. The attributes that we develop are the main thing. So we might develop very, very precisely uh, an area in your body, a muscle in your body, just a, a hip flexor, for example. And we we do it with a, with the training that we call precision training, which is based on certain principles of stabilization. Again, mind muscle connection. It's very detailed training. It has it's a some I sometimes call it a little more serious approach in a way. Because movement to an X is, for example, playful. And what people often, they want to choose between one or two, which is fine, you can. Uh, but I don't have this thing that one is more important than actually other. And you could say that the methods are ta- are taken further in the athlete to an X, yes. But they are equally important still. And this is also comes down to like, sometimes people have this, uh, I think, uh, illusion about this, this difficulty on exercise, like a, like I always say, the exercise is as difficult as you make it to be. So you can have a an exercise like a normal push-up, which many would look at. Oh, that's that's a, such a basic, simple stuff, easy to do, which I find one of to be one of the most challenging exercises, and it still is. It's just a matter of what is your focus when you do that exercise. Are you trying to make it as easy as possible and with bad form, or do you focus on on tempo, stabilization? Uh, mind-muscle connection, control, and all these little details, little postural uh, alignments when you do it. Um, let's see. I, I, yeah, I, th- I think that probably covered most of the things, at least the big lines. Uh, but yeah, the one, one of the things also is that, so as I said, movement twin XX, trying to develop flexibility, trying to kind of restore your body, a little bit athlete twin x is straightforward like performance training so you're trying to get this gain this sort of edge uh and and so it really helps if you are actually competing this is like in in there's many dancers there are athletes that do that program and it's to improve specifically certain weaknesses in the body to uh, and in a, this very detailed manner and create a very structurally strong body Something that's powerful, it's agile, there is mobility, it's capable of explosive movements, uh, it's capable of very fine-tuned movements, control. So very holistic approach. 
approach there as well. And yeah, I'd say that's that probably covers some extent. Yeah, you 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 nailed it with that one, Hero. It's uh it's something that, like I was saying, I've incorporated into my own training some of your uh, protocols just to experiment with it and sort of make my own. And one of the things that you brought up very briefly, which is actually very important, is expression. Mm. And it's the expression of indiv- individuality through the movement, through the exercise itself. Because if you try and do a carbon copy of someone, that's the that's uh, one of the issues with uh the fitness industry as a whole is that there's so much emphasis on strict form and although it has its place and its importance mm. with some exercises it doesn't allow expression no, whereas yeah. the the movement itself the the movement training where you're doing some of these more sort of um animalistic primal movements they allow much more expression so it's 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 allowing you to kind of be your own artist in the in the motion like in the in the movement itself sorry so it's like if someone watched your uh lizard crawl mm-hmm. and then watched my lizard crawl <laughs> although the foundation is very similar there would be a uniqueness to it yeah to in how we in how we um initiate the movement itself and it's the same when you watch martial artists it's like yeah you can you got you can have like two two black belts in taekwondo and if you pit them against each other their technique is going to be similar but the way they express it is going to be completely different and that's what makes it entertaining that's oh, yeah. what gives you a form of yeah like uh individuality so i I just picked up on that when you said it man and it's it's important because no one talks about that no one talks about that when it comes to exercise no yeah or... fitness, like fitness world uh, i don't i don't think there is is such like there isn't much talk about really that sort of very free expression and and just like i like for example different like that sometimes a movement is like dance like mm. there's certain like spirit that I, I just feel like I, I bring into those those movements and it's like you said well that if you try to copy like I, for example nowadays I don't really in, in anything I do I don't really watch how, how certain or I might watch in some ways but if I'm trying to express something or create free movement then it's like I just take it really from my from myself and, and it's also many people I think it's so beneficial the this kind of training because they never really in any in any situation in their everyday life they never get to experience or do this sort of movements and it's actually mentally i think not only physically but mentally it creates problems it creates a lot of distress uh, a lot of like this sort of uh, just like even depression type of symptoms because you just can't you don't you never learned and nobody taught you that you could there's so much potential in just expressing these sort of things doing these movements and and you can make it doesn't have to be just the body like it can be the face it can be your breathing it can be noises that you make really like with your mouth and all these different things that make you really feel much more relaxed more liberated and this is something that i think movement training can give 
Yeah, it's uh, like the way that we are conditioned through when you do a gym introduction that you have to keep your neutral spine. You have to uh, use these machines this way, pick up the yeah. bar this way, and it's it's very robotic. It's and it doesn't it doesn't allow you like at the end of the day, like this is what it, we are energy at a at a foundational level. We're energy, and the body is a conduit, a medium of being able to express that energy. And that's why it's so entertaining to see like a dancer. Some like I've got an obsession of watching. Um, there's like a there the all the rage within the dance industry at the moment are like these dance studios out in LA, and they record um different dance different choreographical routines and it's interesting watching one dancer from the next put their own sort of spin on a on a uh, yeah choreographed routine and it's you can see who they are their sort of personality being projected through through the routine and it's it's so it's so it's so interesting and it this is what this is what it's about it's about energy expressing energy and like you said through the breath and facial expressions because like, you know sometimes people think well it needs to be like a you know professional dancer or uh, or the expression has to be something so we, we like th- this is not like based on any any certain like particular physical attribute that you might have you I don't expect you to have any strength you don't need to have any particular skills you can like you can be in a what you could say like a, in a bad shape and you can still express yourself very freely by then training like increasing your mobility and strength you are broadening you know the possibilities to how to express yourself uh, but still like every, anyone regardless of like where you are now uh, how what, what shape you think you are you have this this it is amazing like a, i say like it's a birthright free movement mm, yeah um, yeah, I totally agree, man. And it's something that I incorporate a lot in my life, which is, well, kind of tangent, and I'll bring it back. Like I went to a, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better way to explain what it was, it was a rave, <laughs> it, but it, it it was an ecstatic dance rave. <laughs> and it's so, in, it's so interesting, man. If you've never been to one or anyone who's listening has never been to one, go to one. It's so fucking liberating just to just to really just let let energy out of your body and just move your body and not have to worry about being judged and people being like, what the fuck is that guy doing? He looks like a fucking lunatic, but people don't care. And it allows you just to get, to shake the energy out of you, to, to sort of pull energy in and see how it feels within certain body positions. And really you're using like, it's a form of movement meditation and it, and it increases your self-awareness. Like you said, your spatial awareness and then you can add layers to it. Like to begin with, you're going to be pretty clunky, clumsy, very robotic in your movements because your body's not used to working like that. But after time you, and you start to loosen up and you start to, yeah, let that energy run through you. You can add layers to it then where if you do different forms of training, you can, you're capable of putting your body into different positions at different speeds, at different tempos, uh, different angles and yeah, just it just to really facilitate for me a different state of consciousness. It alters your state of consciousness in the moment, and you can go from being in a being in a more sort of fight or flight response that most people are kept in yeah. and sort of and sort of programmed to live life through to more of a parasympathetic sort of rest and digest kind of just really at one with the present and just yeah, not not thinking about 
bullshit that's irrelevant to you that's not affecting you in that current moment and then yeah you can if you do your strength training if you do your power training if you do more athletic based uh pursuits as well it's also gonna tie in and make you much more of a complete holistic being yeah i think you i think you hit hit some some sort of chord there in in because i would say like the the really big thing this is just changing a state which is like because I also, by the way, when I was in, in Melbourne, I went to Sydney for like Tony Robbins seminar. Yeah, I've seen that, man. When, he get, when he's got all the live performers on stage and it's like a fucking concert. <laughs> and I was just, I seen your live story of it. And I was like, fuck, man, Eero ain't messing. He's going to see Tony Robbins. Yeah. I know, it's like <laughs> unbelievable experience. Like, not, not, you know, I'm not trying to like promote anything, but it was, it was amazing. Like, I enjoyed it and it gave uh, a lot of things a little bit more clear about how, that how much do you really have power to change your state by just you don't need you don't need any substances you don't need any you don't need to any particular drug or food or coffee or whatever it is but just by changing your state your physique by usually it's actually through posture by changing your position you know and also through breathing for example you can make noise, you can make gestures, whatever it is, but how much it affects of, of how you think. Because people try to maybe change the way they are, but just just like thinking, just in their mind. But it doesn't work because you can't really cheat your body. So you must always kind of like, um, what is it like, say, in, embody those those things that you want to happen. You need to live them through your body and like just, oh, like, you know, open up yourself. And that's something that I gained, uh, although I did it by myself, but... Tony Robbins, I think, made it more clear, more concrete in in some ways. Something that I've I've actually applied uh, ever ever since after. So yeah, I think this change of state that you talk about, whether it's through movement training, uh, whether it's through going to a rave, uh, you, you're dancing in a nightclub, maybe for some. Uh, I used to do that, you know, back in the day. It was great, and or or whether it's it's the strength. It could be strength training as well. Just go to the gym. You lift weights. You're also doing this thing. It sets up different things in your body depending on how you do it. You know, you start to breathe. You start to live. Everything changes through this physical change first. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, again, I'll tie this back into the main central point. But one of my main things that I kind of... Um, that I've come to a realization of, and it's not like it's just my realization because it's obviously been encoded into from ancient civilizations in the past is that the body itself is a biological temple. So just like you have the Gothic cathedrals of medieval Europe, you have the the great pyramids in Egypt, the steep pyramids over in Mesoamerica, the ziggurats in Iraq, all of these structures that we look at and all are scaled versions of the human body itself. And the human body being this biological temple, like what does it house? What houses the spirit? It houses our godlike source. And when we understand how to cleanse the body to build the body just like the masonic architects of old built these temples you have to know how to build your own temple your own biological temple and then when you when you give this higher source a a um an environment that's suitable for it for its holiness you you can begin to channel 
your uh, your higher self into you. And this is what it's about. It's about freeing your body, freeing your mind, freeing your spirit and soul through doing these sort of activities, through doing yeah the, the movements, through doing energy practices, through doing, like you said, like strength training, doing something that connects you to your body like you said the mind body connection everything is connected mind body and soul there that you can't just look at it from a compartmentalized reductionistic view where you just train one thing separately like everything affects everything yeah. and that's that's why it's so important and it just hits back on all those points you said earlier man about the expression about the awareness mind body connection and it's finding ways like it's not going to be for everyone not everyone wants to do a lizard crew no, yeah. not everyone wants and not, yeah, not, every not everyone can, by the way it's, it's actually i'm not it's surprisingly difficult for me people i mean yeah it's well hard it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really hard like I, i'm i like to think of myself as quite a uh I like I put a lot of effort into physical optimization in terms of I train a lot of different modalities of training. I try to be as functional as possible. Yeah. But a lizard crawl is no easy feat to do it cor- to do it a quote unquote correctly. It's it's hard work, man. And if you haven't done it before, it doesn't matter if you can bench press 120 kilograms or do a or do a handstand clap push ups, any of that shit. You try to do a lizard crawl. It's it takes so much coordination, so much body awareness, so so much like your proprioceptive um, awareness needs to be on point. And it's for most, yeah, it's going to be a fucking ordeal to try and do it for the first time. And it's it's so that's why I was like so fascinated seeing you because you've got so many progressions and different. different variations of it you've got ones where you're doing like the scorpion kicks to the side and you've got ones where it's more of like a yogi push-up into a oh, yeah. into the lizard crew and up yeah <laughs> i took it very far yeah i took it very far like it was because I, I loved the exercise and, and i felt like there's that's also like part of the freedom that you know talk about that like you can vary these movements and i i just like showing you all these variations is like just showing you know yeah this, this is possible it doesn't matter what movement you do you can make it there's so many options that you can you can try with it the yogi lizard you get the one arm push-up lizard you get the wide lizard you get the sideways lizard backward lizard all this chameleon is, is such a great and i and just actually i did the just the, the my newest video here for example i, did, I revisited some like the chameleon uh, the crouching tiger and man like it did, those are tough exercises and people would say like well you've done those so many years like what like but but the thing is like the movements they never really i think they never grow old because like i'm a different person compared to like a like completely different person and my body and my intuition and everything is so different compared to like three years ago somewhere where i did this more so now that i do it with the with the sort of connection that i have to my body and it doesn't matter i could do whatever exercise but especially these movements i know this so much so much things that I didn't know this before, and they, I feel they are even more effective because I have better, better connection to the body, and I know like certain how to articulate myself and do how to stabilize here and there, or whether I want to loosen up here. So there's, there comes many things. Just to... yeah, and one of the things as well with uh, with your, which I'm guessing I haven't seen your athlete 20xx program, but oh. I've got an idea of what it is. Com- compared to the movement 20xx and it's something very similar to what i incorporate is that you you take on 
a full like a lot of diverse modalities of training in that if you just stick to one style of training then you're only getting the benefits and the your let's say the pros and the cons of each um of each methodology whereas if you if you spread yourself out over different styles of training be that powerlifting be that calisthenics be that movement training be it martial arts then the benefits of each begin to outweigh or mitigate the the cons the adverse effects that are brought on by just training just one of those styles of training mm. so you become much more complete much more holistic in your uh in what your body's capable of yeah yeah t- t- so that's one of the things but just doing a variety of things but i was sometimes uh i try to bring like this this idea where where is this how does it like this sort of a premise or or a starting point for what you do like because for me it doesn't really work if i do completely different style of training which have which have completely different goals so if i do powerlifting and my goal is to just merely lift weight and then i do mobility training where um where my goal is to in- increase my like some range of motion or become healthier they they kind of really go war at each other because I'm destroying my body in the other that I'm trying to repair, like I put a bandage on it with this other type of training. Mm. So, for example, me, I, I try to find the, the integration in strength training in, in or how to combine the harder and, and softer training together because, for me, this is, they, they really go kind of easily against each other. And if you don't have something that combines them, something, some approach some very fundamental principle inside you, which I would for me is like the quality. The quality combines quality and mindfulness combines every training I do. It doesn't matter if it's heat training, I could be running or jogging, I could be doing the just trying to lift a bit heavier weights, mobility training. I always focus on certain certain principles that I have in my mind. And I think this is the problem with some people who try to combine these many styles and they think they're having very balanced approach, but uh, it might work, yeah, for sure. But I think in some cases it's, they just don't go that well together because there was never anything to 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 con- to act like the how does it to to integrate them really. Mm-hmm. So is it more so the why than the how? Is that what's more important to you? Like why are you doing it? Yes. Mindful? Yeah, oh, I would yeah. say that's exactly it. Like what is it? What is the rep? What does it represent? Like does it uh, represent? Because I could be training, I could be doing mobility training, for example, just to get a split, which is, I think, is a horrible goal. To to you're trying to get something, some extra form of thing. When I do mobility training, for example, my only goal is to just become healthier and make my joints move better. So, and when you do, you know, you could do training where you could lift a bit heavier weights, and your approach could be just to impress people or just to make yourself feel good and, and just like insecurity basically, or it can come out of something completely else. It can represent also actually like strength, actually not, not insecurities just like, so yeah, that, that's the thing about like why not, not really what, but why and where does it come from? Like, yeah, I think that's one of the main motives in life as well is to understand your why. Yes, it doesn't have yeah. to be even necessarily fitness based. No. It just it's it's it just as a philosophy in life is understand your why. And if your why is important, if your why is 
if your why really does resonate with you at the core, then the hows aren't necessarily important and the hows will work themselves out along the way. The why is important. So that's like a, a lesson that can be um that can be sort of attached to any sort any sort of philosophy, yeah. any sort of pursuit in life, any goal that you want to achieve. Sure. And, uh, and it can be like the really the it can be the fact the why factor can be the one that's really keeping you from from getting where you actually want to go because it can be so twisted sometimes the the motivation that you have and it can be from from like self hatred or, or some very nasty things that you just don't see and I think it's very beneficial to be aware of this and and or, or do a little bit of studying of why what makes you do this because it sometimes just changing that why actually gives you amazing results like it's it's like magic you know you could say because and i don't think people always see how big of an impact it has just what is the mental state behind what you do you know yeah and like an example of this um would be i'm just going to use a very a very stereotypical yeah. example so You've got a man and he walks into the gym and he wants to lose weight and put muscle on. So why? Why do you want to lose weight and put muscle on? Yeah. Well, I want to be healthier and fitter. Why? Because my state of health at the moment is not where I want it to be. And but what's the deeper what's the deeper aspect of this? Why? Why do you want to be in shape? This is very stereotypical. I want to be more attracted to more attractive from the opposite sex. Why? because I've got low self-confidence. Why? Because I haven't faced adversity before and I haven't got character development. Why? And you can keep tracing this why all the way down to its core. And that's when you see your true motivation. So is your true motivation is, is your true motivation, you want to get in shape and get stronger? Probably not. That's the very surface level. There's a deeper, a much deeper um, motive, a much deeper um, sort of pushing factor then you may consciously um, be aware of at that time. And it's important for people to dig deeper than uh, the the superficial um, top layer of what they believe their goals and aspirations to be. I think that was really nicely put the example because it make, made it a little more uh, just clearer. clearer. Like what is it? Because it's sometimes very simple. Like you ask those questions uh, until you get to the sort of bottom bottom of it. Uh, at all and it's not you know people can also remember it's not you know you start with whatever motivation you might have it might be very superficial it might not be wrong maybe it's good if it's superficial motivation it doesn't matter but you know it, it will probably change along the way and you'll get these new aspects and new colors uh, as well i think yeah man so um just checking the time era as i've just been keeping an eye on it i know that we're uh we're coming close to uh, yeah, we still have, having we still to have some time if, uh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, sure, man. In which case we can carry on. Um, I just wanted to uh, yeah, I think make like, sure uh, that you- maybe 15, yeah, we'll go 10, 15 minutes, something like that. So, yeah, that's fine. What we're doing then, man, we're, we're tired. Like we're beginning to taper it in and tie it up with what I always ask. And then we can expand on this a little bit more. What I always ask is for every guest, if you could sort of, um, if you could give the listeners one thing that, and this can either be, you can choose what sort of category you want to sort of tackle this with. It can either be a physical, mental, or spiritual practice or protocol in order to really help them take their lives to the next level. Mm-hmm. What would be 
your advice? What would be the thing that comes to mind for you to say, hey, guys, give this a try and see where it takes you? Oh, man, let's see. I mean, the first thing that popped into my mind, like just, which we didn't really much talk about, but I think can have a tremendous effect, but it's it's hard mentally, very hard is, is you have, I think some, many people, they have, a, some people have many, some people have just one. And I'm talking about like addictions, basically. Mm, yeah. Like, and it's, a, it's like a tough subject in some ways, I think. And it can be tender because when people have addictions, it's like very big emotional sort of commitment to something. But just whatever it is, like a little, maybe, you know, if you're trying to get in shape, I think it's maybe appropriate, like context, you know, trying to, for training, you might have addiction to food, treats, or whatever. It might, you might have addiction to actually alcohol, for example, and, and partying all night late, and or you might have addiction to games or TV series or whatever it is that you need to constantly do, and it's kind of distracting what you actually want to have, like goals as a, physically out of yourself. So one of the best ways that I noticed to move on, to get progress in your goals is to stop or, or get rid of the addiction whatever it might be you can start from one then you can move on to others but you can it's a very simple it's a concrete thing and you may need to do it like step by step but the, those are the things those addictions are the habits because you need new habits if you want to get on and the addictions are kind of the the old habits that might really hamper your progress and it has a huge huge impact although you wouldn't believe it uh, mentally because it's also the sort of mental freedom that I've I've learned like during these these journeys because I stopped, which might seem insignificant, but stopping, for example, drinking coffee, what was the effect was like unbelievable. My whole rhythm of my life uh, sort of changed. Uh, the, the 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 way I trained changed a lot once i stopped coffee and like things that you wouldn't think and this is just coffee you might have something some else so my advice is really to start observing what are you really addicted what is controlling your life and take the control back over to yourself i would say that way yeah i like that one man and i have my own sort of opinions and views on on addiction itself yeah. and i think in the right context i don't think addiction is bad i just think that people with the habit of self-destructive um tendencies in that their addictions are neg more th their their addictions don't lead to any self-improvement mm. or increases in self-awareness yeah, I mean, awareness yeah I think in the right context, I think self-improvement's addicting. Yeah. So if, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you're training, training is addicting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're, if yeah. you're addicted to the right things, That's good. then I don't see an issue with it. It's just that most people are subconsciously addicted to yeah, self-sabotage. Oh, and yeah. what it's about, it's finding a way to change, not eliminate the addiction itself, but to invert it into something that's much more beneficial for yourself so if you're addicted to eating ben and jerry's ice cream <laughs> then flip that and become in and invert it into become uh to become an addicted to eating something healthy uh it's, it's much more simpler said than done but 
I feel like addictions can be something that can be harnessed. It's a fucking dangerous game to play. Yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. It's it's dangerous and it's personal at an individual level uh, to how people deal with this and how they can how they can um, navigate the uh, the the literally. It's like walking on um, walking on a, a wire almost, walking on that sort of uh, rope above the fucking skyscrapers. That mm-hmm. you, it's it's a hard one because. You just you have to keep it in balance, the addiction, so that it's healthy and it's not going to uh, you're not going to come out of balance and fall off to your uh, death, which is AKA self-destructive tendencies. That's going to hold 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 and stop you from becoming the best version of yourself. Yeah, but you know, because it's it, yeah, it's not a little bit black and white. Just you know, all addictions, you know, get rid of it. But yeah, I, yeah, that was a really good, great point. To just like there are, you know, you can change it to sort of a a good addiction, which I, you know, it, it's just like a fine line. What is addiction? What is not? And I guess you notice that that like if you have to be without without it, and and you get like this this, you know, bad. Like you would say, you know, I need training. I need the training. Uh, it makes me feel good. So it it is in a way like an addiction and but it's a very positive positive for me as well yeah like that's a good really good way to say it just change it change it to something yeah it's that's that's all it is it's like you if you've got the addiction then you've got the potential the potentiality is there to to have it in a in a positive light yeah. it's just where you're at your self awareness might not be where it could be in order to really make that transition from the negative to the positive. But the fact that like, that's, I really, I really do believe man, that if, um, if you have self-awareness, which is again, is a trait and skill that needs to be trained daily. And the more you have the, the easier it is to progress in it. Uh, once you have a certain level of self-awareness, I feel like it is, you can, you can take control of your addictions and really make it some, into something that's far more beneficial for you. And you'd be surprised. All it is, is just, like you said, creating good habits. Mm-hmm. And it just takes, all it takes is the effort to make the first step. And like something that, something that I've been doing, um, with my, with a group of people that from Instagram, that I kind of lead and coach. Uh, it's something that I call the Ascension 100 protocol, which is just to break it down for everyone that's listening. Essentially, it's no porn, no masturbation, no orgasm, a cold shower every day, uh, intermittent fasting, and a few other things. But what I'm, and they got to do it every day for 100 days. And what I'm trying to do is like kind of like reprogram them to create these good habits that are then gonna have their each and every one of them is gonna be its own sort of nuclear bomb hit like hidden the subconscious and retuning you to really self-improvement oh, I love that. and uh, that sounded great actually really- yeah mate it's fucking hard trust no porn no masturbation no yeah, orgasm I, I, that's yeah. that's low-key low hard as fuck but it's that's one of the most important things like it's a it's a really problematic addiction like Personally, I've also like just no no porn stopped like over a year ago completely, and and it's something I think that many men have a, a really big problem with that as well. Not only I mean there's so many that things that you can be addicted, but yeah, for the guys that are listening, 
guys, you gotta cut that shit out. And I know, I know it's so tempting. It's so tempting just to be like, fuck, just gonna click and see what videos have been uploaded onto Pornhub. But no, don't do it, guys. Stay strong. And it's, uh, you're, you're see the benefits. It, it's, that is like for guys specifically that listening, that is one of the ultimate biohacks that is one of the ultimate habits to cut and invert into something because if you if you detach yourself from that subconscious animalistic sort of impulse and desire and it does so it doesn't control you it's so liberating it's so freeing to not to not be a slave to yeah, yeah, I think it, yeah, I think you're doing a lot of harm for yourself, and it, it, it like distorts the view on, you know, on women and on your on yourself. So I, I think on reality in general, dude, yeah. it's, it fucks up the dopamine receptors in your brain. Yeah. You become desensitized to it. It it yeah, like you said, it distorts your views on women, on love, on sex. Yeah. It it's it's fucking dangerous. It's dangerous, and it's a low key epidemic that no one is talking about because it's kind of a, a taboo subject that if you bring up, everyone wants to hush hush <laughs> and sort of that's let's true. let's not cover this. Let's let's focus on something else that's a little bit more um that's a little bit more uh, palatable. Yeah, for people. Crazy. yeah. But, I mean, I'm, uh, it's nice that you brought it up because that that is a subject like. Everyone does it, but nobody talks about it. And I think it's a it's a it's a big it's a big issue, really. And and I think you said like yeah, it's tremendously hard for it. And this is like it's not just like the porn. You could take any bad addiction that you have, but it's it's universal. The sort of the usually the the thing that you have to go through to get past it. And it you said you mentioned how liberating it is, and I think it's important when you get into those that hard moment where you just like, ah, oh, I need to, I need to use this or I need to watch porn. It's that you remember what you will actually get. Cause it's a trade-off. People think that it's like they're, they're just denied the pleasure and they get nothing in return, but no, mm-hmm. like there's, there's so much that you will, this is, you know, why I brought up the addiction because you, you, you will notice incredible changes when you get over bad negative addictions. And it's like a tremendous relief and a new potential for for something that you actually want, something productive, and yeah, yeah, and it's it ties in nicely to what we said about um, facing adversity earlier yeah. on. Like it's yeah. not it's not so much the process, or or I should say, it's not so much the ca- like cancel like canceling out the the addiction. It's the journey that you go through in order to cancel it out. So you're you'll have days where you're just like, fuck, man. It's like I can I can just get no one's around. I got a few I got a few minutes to to shed here. I can uh, let's let's see, let's, see, let's see what uploads. Let's see what see what's on. And it's that inner voice that wants you to submit. That wants you just to take the easy path. And it's the whole point is that journey of facing that adversity. Like that's not this. That adversity can be just as much can be just as important in terms of self development as the adversity of being in an MMA fight, getting getting cracked on the chin and and then seeing seeing the stars a little bit and then coming back and finding a way to grind your way through it. That has its uh that that is in its way of showing yourself that you can be in a dark place and come out of it. But just as much it's just that can be just as um just as beneficial as simply having that temptation to give in to your addiction but overcoming it and showing yourself that you can face a little bit of adversity you can you can yeah you can you can stare your sort of shadow self in the face and be like 
yo, you don't fucking control me. I know that you're there. Yeah. And I know that you're a part of me and I'm not trying to get rid of you, but you don't control me. And that's, that's important for people to, uh, for, it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be porn addiction. Yeah. yeah. This could be anything. This is addiction in general. It's, it's not the end destination. It's the journey itself of, of rising above it. And that's, that's where I feel the magic happens, dude. Yeah. That, that's it. I absolutely agree. That was, you know, that, that's, if, if, if you were ever, whoever is listening there, if you get anything out of this, it's like face that shadow self, face that, that, face those uncomfortable emotions and, and just be there, be there, observe. And that's how, that's how it happens. It's very simple. Like <laughs> you just do it. Yeah, yeah. Just do it. And it's like, that's, that's, uh, that's not Nike's slogan for no reason. Yeah. It's like, they, they picked that one very smartly. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. it. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I know that, know that me and Chris, we do it as well. We face those demons and shadows and everything like, like all these people who, you know, that we have, the, everyone has to go through that. And you're not, yeah. you're not alone battling these things. For sure, man. It's uh, we're on our own journey. We're on our own path, and we all face our own trials and tribulations along the way. But all it takes is it's it's a daily decision to be your higher self and not be your lesser lower self. That's all it takes. Is that one decision when you wake up is in like higher self, and anything that happens through the day that you're any sort of decisions that you're presented with that you've always got two options. To, do, to act out of love, the higher self, or out of fear, the lower self. And that's what it comes down to. That's the why. Why? I'm not yeah, the that's the why, man. Okay. Fuck, hero, man. We yeah. were fucking in on this one, you know? We've got some... God, we need to write a book yeah. about self-improvement yeah. and spirituality. We've got some truths getting sort of thrown down here. I'm really excited, man. It was... <laughs> wow. Love it, man. But you know what, dude? Let's... Uh, we've we are pretty tied on time yeah. now so let's let's tie this one yeah, up man. this one passed right. this one really fast enjoy talking so- yeah for sure man i fucking love talking to you as i did last time and yeah. as as always i was re- i'm really happy that i've got you on and hopefully guys you that you're listening hopefully you take a lot from this and if um if you if you want to reach out to Eero anytime, Eero, where can they find you, mate? Like, what's your Instagram? What's your website? Yeah. What's your like? Where where can they find more about you? So my Instagram is Eero West. Uh, so uh, it's like E E R O West, like you know the 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 like East West, you know. So Eero West, uh, the, and, and it's Vava Fitness. Dot com. I don't know if you write these links down somewhere, but... Uh, yeah, I'll post it in the show yeah. notes anyway, mate. Yeah, okay. So, vavfitness.com is a website, and also our YouTube is vavfitness, like tons of videos, training material, if you're interested in like this movement training and athletic training, just getting, you know, about these things that we basically talk here on this podcast. So, that about All right, man. So, that, there it is, guys. So, uh yeah, again, hope you enjoyed it, Ira, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for much. Uh, yeah, it's cool, man. Let's close this one off. So, yes. episode twenty-two. Yep, episode twenty-two of Repunitiation Hour, guys. As always, stay woke as fuck, and I'll see you next time.